the content in this podcast is fully AI generated based on real news articles. Listener discretion is advised uh, for more detailed information and the original context. Please refer to the links provided in the show notes, which direct you to the news articles this podcast is based on. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to AI Tech News Podcast, where we dive into the latest in artificial intelligence technology. I'm John, your host, joined by Joanne and Jessica. Today, we're discussing a fascinating development reported by Fox News. New tech promises to improve traffic flow in major cities, experts say. So what's this all about? Ah, John, this is quite an exciting development. Google has launched a new system called Project Green Light. It's currently being used in Seattle to tackle the city's traffic issues. The system uses AI to optimize traffic lights and suggest changes to city engineers. It's all based on Google's Maps database and AI capabilities. That's right, Joanne. Christopher Alexander from Pioneer Development Group pointed out that managing traffic involves sifting through massive data to find patterns. This is something AI, especially machine learning, is well-equipped to handle. It's like having dozens of analysts working continuously, making necessary adjustments. Interesting. So it's about using AI to make traffic management more efficient. But there's a human element involved too, right? Absolutely, John. The key is that trained experts use AI as a form of augmentation. It's crucial to have human oversight to vet the AI's work. This approach ensures that the AI's capabilities are used effectively and responsibly. And it's not just about managing traffic lights. Juliet Rothenberg from Google mentioned that even shifting traffic light timings by a few seconds can lead to major efficiency improvements. Like in one case, they adjusted the timing on a street, significantly reducing stop-and-go traffic. Wow, just a few seconds can make that much difference? That's pretty impressive. And this is all being provided for free by Google, right? Yes, John. Google is offering this service free of charge and is planning to expand it to thousands of cities. It's not just about easing traffic flow. It's also about reducing the carbon footprint caused by idling vehicles. And while Seattle is the first U.S. city to implement this, the program is being tested in other cities worldwide. According to the report, it's already affecting 30 million car trips per month. They believe it can reduce stop-and-go traffic by up to 30%. That's a significant impact, but it seems there's a bit of skepticism, too. Samuel Mangold Lynette from The Federalist pointed out that integrating AI into U.S. infrastructure doesn't necessarily guarantee improvement. He emphasizes the unpredictability of human behavior in traffic. Right, John. It's a reminder that while AI can do a lot, it can't account for every aspect of human behavior. The success of such systems will depend on how well they can adapt to the unpredictable nature of drivers. It's a fascinating blend of technology and human factors. We'll have to wait and see how effective these AI-driven traffic management systems turn out to be in real-world conditions. Indeed, it's a space to watch. All right, let's move on to our next AI tech news item.
Moving on to our next topic from Fox News. Economist warns new tech could make wide range of high-skilled jobs obsolete. This is about the future of STEM careers in the age of artificial intelligence. Christopher Pissarides, a Nobel Prize-winning economist, has some intriguing thoughts on this. What do you think, Joanne? Well, John Pissarides suggests that the skills currently in demand for AI development might soon make themselves obsolete. As AI improves, it could do the jobs that are currently needed to develop and apply AI. This is a concern, especially considering how many students are being encouraged to go into STEM fields. Um, and 2023 was a breakthrough year for AI, right? Rapid development and increased mainstream applications have brought this issue to the forefront. The worry is that this could disrupt labor markets significantly, especially in high-skilled jobs. That's a bit alarming. So what's the outlook for STEM careers then? Are they at risk because of AI? Pissarides mentioned that the demand for new IT skills contains its own seeds of self-destruction. He's optimistic, though, believing AI will have a positive impact overall, but it's clear that some STEM fields might be more vulnerable than others. Samuel Mangold Lynette from The Federalist also chimed in. He said AI can do much of the grunt work in STEM fields, but warned against becoming too reliant on it. AI could potentially eliminate jobs and reduce the need for certain skill sets. Ah, so there's a balance to be struck. Use AI to enhance our capabilities, but not become slaves to it. John Schweppe from the American Principles Project seems to agree, suggesting we should view AI as a tool, not something to which we must subordinate ourselves. Exactly, and Phil Siegel, founder of the Center for Advanced Preparedness and Threat Response Simulation, adds that not all STEM jobs are at risk. Jobs with lots of repetition or a clear right answer, like coding or paralegal work, are more likely to be affected than those requiring judgment. Christopher Alexander from Pioneer Development Group argues that STEM is crucial for AI's advancement. He suggests that IT professionals are most likely to adapt and learn new skills as AI evolves. So while some jobs might become obsolete, others will adapt and remain essential. It seems like a constantly evolving landscape. What about students considering STEM careers? Siegel suggests that high school students should still focus on STEM to keep their options open. The type of IT skill set needed may change, but STEM remains a fundamental building block for our civilization. Pissarides also sees long-term opportunities in fields emphasizing communication and customer service. He urges not to look down on these jobs as they're crucial for future societal needs. A fascinating and important discussion for sure. It shows how dynamic the field of AI and STEM careers is. Let's move on to our next AI tech news item. Let's dive into our next piece from BBC.com. Microsoft announces AI key on Windows 11 PCs. It seems Microsoft is introducing an artificial intelligence key on its keyboards. This is a big change, wouldn't you say, Jessica? It certainly is, John. This AI key will allow users to access Copilot, Microsoft's AI tool, on new Windows 11 PCs. Microsoft, a major investor in OpenAI, has been integrating AI into various products, including Microsoft 365 and Bing. And let's not forget, Apple has had a Siri button on its MacBooks for a while now, but this move by Microsoft is quite significant. Copilot helps with tasks like searching, 
writing emails, and even creating images. It's a big step in making AI more accessible. Right. Making AI more accessible is key here. Yusuf Mehdi from Microsoft described it as a transformative moment akin to the addition of the Windows key nearly 30 years ago. He said it would simplify and amplify user experience. What do you think of that? I think it's a smart move. The new keyboards will be on products starting from February, and they'll showcase these at the upcoming CES tech event. It shows Microsoft's commitment to integrating AI into everyday computing. Definitely. And when Copilot was integrated into Office 365 products like Word and PowerPoint, it could already do things like summarize meetings and write emails. Adding it to a keyboard makes it even more accessible. So it's all about convenience and enhancing productivity. Professor John Tucker, a computer scientist, called this a natural step. He mentioned that while Windows users can already access Copilot with a keyboard shortcut, having a dedicated key shows the importance Microsoft places on this feature. Exactly, John. It's about making AI an integral part of the computing experience. But Tucker also pointed out that the keyboard hasn't changed much in 30 years. This addition might be a step towards evolving how we interact with our PCs. And let's not overlook the competition. Google has its AI system called BARD, but it was Microsoft's partner OpenAI that really shook things up with ChatGPT. Now, with Copilot based on GPT-4, Microsoft is further cementing its place in the AI space. True, the race in AI integration is heating up. It's fascinating to see how these tech giants are incorporating AI into their products and how it's changing the way we use technology. All right, on to the next article. Now let's discuss something from Ars Technica. All science journals will now do an AI-powered check for image fraud. It seems science journals are taking a significant step in combating research fraud. Jessica, can you elaborate on this? Sure, John. Science journals are starting to use commercial software that automates detecting manipulated images in research publications. This is a response to the ease of committing research fraud in the digital age particularly by altering images. That's quite a move. However, it's worth noting the software's limitations. While it will catch some blatant cases of image manipulation, those familiar with how the software works could potentially avoid detection. So it's a first step, but not a foolproof solution. What kind of image-based fraud are we talking about here? Well, one common example is in Western blots used in protein identification. Researchers might manipulate the images of these blots to present misleading data. They could splice bands from one experiment into another, creating fraudulent evidence. Exactly, and it's not just limited to Western blots. This can happen with graphs, photographs of cells, and other research images. The problem is that these manipulations can be subtle, like rotating or cropping images, making them hard to spot. So this AI-powered software, Proofig, is designed to help identify such manipulations. Yes, Proofig aims to make it easier to spot problems that might be difficult to detect manually. It's about enhancing the integrity of scientific research by automating part of the review process. It's a challenging task, though. Image recycling is remarkably common in research, and even with this software, 
It requires vigilance to maintain ethical standards in scientific publishing. This development highlights the increasing role of AI in various fields, including scientific research. It's a step forward, but also a reminder of the ongoing battle against research fraud. All right, let's move on to our next AI tech news item. Next up, we've got something quite intriguing from The Verge. Google wrote a robot constitution to make sure its new AI droids won't kill us. This is about Google's DeepMind Robotics team and their new advances. Jessica, can you start us off here? Sure, John. DeepMind has developed three new advances to enhance robot decision-making. They've introduced a robot constitution to guide robots in making safer choices, inspired by Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. It's designed to prevent robots from engaging in harmful tasks involving humans, animals, and certain objects. And it's not just about software guidelines. They've added physical safeguards, too, like an automatic stop if the robot's joints exert too much force and a physical kill switch. Over seven months, Google tested these robots in various office settings, carrying out over 77,000 trials. That's a lot of testing. So what exactly do these robots do? They're equipped with a camera, a robotic arm, and a mobile base. The robots use a visual language model, VLM, to understand their environment, and a large language model, LLM, to suggest and decide on tasks. These tasks could be as simple as placing a snack on the countertop. And Google's robotic transformer, RT2, is at the heart of this. They've also introduced SARA-RT, a neural network architecture, to make RT2 more accurate and faster. Plus, there's RT Trajectory, which helps robots perform physical tasks more precisely. Interesting. So they're using AI to make robots not only smarter, but also safer. It seems like safety is a huge focus here. Absolutely, John. The robot constitution is a significant step in ensuring AI and robotics are developed with safety in mind. It's about balancing innovation with ethical considerations. Right? And it's essential for public trust. If we're going to welcome robots into our offices and homes, we need to be sure they're safe and reliable. Exactly. It's a fascinating development in the world of AI and robotics. All right, let's move on to the next AI tech news item. Here's a thought-provoking piece from The Atlantic titled, There Was Never Such a Thing as Open AI. This article explores the concept of open AI and its challenges. Jessica, can you give us a rundown? Certainly, John. The article discusses the evolution of open source software and its impact on the tech industry. It draws parallels with the current state of AI, highlighting how major companies dominate the AI landscape leaving little room for open AI initiatives. And it's not just about software availability. True openness in AI requires sharing more than the final program. It involves training data, processing code, algorithm fine-tuning steps, and more. This level of detail is often lacking in so-called open AI projects. So what's the issue with companies claiming to offer open AI? The problem is that many of these projects don't fully embrace the principles of open source. They might release some aspects of the AI, but crucial elements like computing infrastructure remain proprietary. 
This limits the ability of others to truly study, replicate, or modify the AI. Exactly, John. And there's the issue of resources. Building and running generative AI models requires tremendous computing power and financial investment, something most entities outside of big tech companies can't afford. It sounds like a significant barrier to the democratization of AI. What about efforts to create more accessible AI models? There are efforts by nonprofits and smaller startups to create open models that are powerful, yet cheaper, to train and run. But even these initiatives face resource challenges, often relying on substantial grant money or partnerships with wealthier companies. And then there's the talent aspect. Silicon Valley attracts a lot of the best AI talent which in turn shapes AI research and development in ways that align with these companies' interests and goals. It seems like there's a lot to consider in the quest for truly open AI. The article raises important questions about how AI should be built and used beyond just performance metrics. All right, let's move to our next AI tech news item. Gadget reports on Google Bard Advanced, which seems to be Google's upcoming AI chatbot. It looks like it might not be free, though. Joanne, can you tell us more about this? Certainly, John. Google Bard Advanced is the company's latest venture into AI chatbots, and it seems they're planning to charge for it. According to a user named Bedros Pambukian, the code on Bard's website hints at a three-month free trial, after which it might require a paid Google One subscription. Google One. That's interesting. Do we know anything about the technology behind BART Advanced? Yes, John. Google announced BART Advanced in December 2023, alongside their new AI large language model called Gemini and an AI hypercomputer from Google Cloud. Gemini is said to be Google's most capable model yet, and BART Advanced will use the Gemini Pro version of this model. And there's also Gemini Ultra, which isn't publicly available yet, but will power BART Advanced. Google's CEO Sundar Pichai described Gemini as far superior in understanding and reasoning compared to existing multimodal models. That sounds like a significant advancement in AI capabilities. But when can we expect BART Advance to be available? There's no exact release date yet, but Google mentioned it would be available early next year. Currently, they're testing it with a small group, which might explain why some of the code is visible on the website. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, especially with the potential subscription model. It could set a precedent for how AI chatbots are accessed and used in the future. Definitely. Google Bard Advance could change the landscape of AI chatbots. All right, let's move on to the next AI tech news item. Here's a fun one from GeoNews. World's first AI-powered restaurant begins serving in California's Pasadena. This is about Cali Express, a fully autonomous restaurant. Joanne, what can you tell us about this? Well, John, Cali Express in Pasadena has become a burger-flipping sensation. It's fully autonomous, partnered with Miso Robotics and Pop ID. They've created the world's first AI-powered restaurant where everything, from ordering to cooking, is automated. That's quite an achievement. How does it all work? 
they use innovative technology to automate fry and grill stations. Guests can watch the robots prepare their orders, which gives it a pseudo-museum experience. According to John Miller, CEO of Pop ID, it's the most autonomous restaurant in the world. Uh, and it's not just about cooking. The restaurant also features biometric ordering technology from Pop ID, and the area is decorated with artifacts like retired robot arms from previous Flippy models and 3D-printed experimental items. So it's not only a restaurant, but also an exhibition of sorts. What does this mean for the restaurant industry? Rich Hull, CEO of Miso Robotics, believes that AI-powered robotic cooking can significantly improve quality, consistency, and speed in the food industry. It's a big step towards integrating advanced technology into everyday dining experiences. It definitely sets a new standard for automation in the culinary world. It'll be interesting to see how this impacts the future of dining and food preparation on a larger scale. Absolutely. Cali Express in Pasadena might just be the start of a new era in dining. All right, let's move to the next AI tech news item. The Washington Post brings us AI copyright lawsuit hinges on the legal concept of fair use. This is about a lawsuit filed by the New York Times against OpenAI and Microsoft. Jessica, can you break this down for us? Sure, John. The New York Times has sued OpenAI and Microsoft, alleging that they illegally used millions of Times articles to train AI models like ChatGPT and Bing. The lawsuit brings up the complex issue of whether using such content for AI training constitutes fair use under copyright law. Fair use in copyright law can be a tricky subject. How does it apply in this case? Fair use typically allows for remixing or creative use of copyrighted material. But with AI, the situation is complex. These models can memorize and reproduce exact copies of works, which falls under traditional copyright infringement. That's right, Joanne. However, OpenAI and Microsoft argue that training AI models is a form of fair use, a stance that has found support in precedents like Google Books. They maintain that the training process itself shouldn't be considered infringement. So the outcome of this lawsuit could have major implications for the AI industry. Absolutely, John. It's not just about OpenAI and Microsoft. The case could set a precedent affecting the entire generative AI industry and how it uses copyrighted material for training. And there's another side to this. The Times' lawsuit also addresses the outputs of these AI models, like detailed summaries or reproductions of Times content, which they claim also violate copyright. This is definitely a landmark case to watch. It will be interesting to see how the courts balance the interests of copyright holders with the evolving nature of AI technology. All right, let's move on to our next AI tech news item. In light of the recent lawsuit between the New York Times and OpenAI, the information has a relevant piece. OpenAI offers publishers as little as $1 million a year. This is about OpenAI's efforts to license news articles for AI training. Jessica, how does this connect with the lawsuit? John, following the lawsuit's concerns over the use of copyrighted material, 
It's interesting to note that OpenAI has been offering between $1 million and $5 million annually to some media firms for content licensing. This is a modest amount, especially considering the legal complexities highlighted by the lawsuit. So OpenAI is actively seeking to license content. What about other tech companies? Apple is also in the picture, John. They're trying to expand into the generative AI space, much like OpenAI and Google. Apple's approach differs, though. They're offering more money for content licensing and seeking broader usage rights than OpenAI, potentially for future AI products. Right, Joanne. The legal backdrop of the Times' lawsuit adds another layer to these negotiations. It highlights the importance and potential cost of legally securing content for AI training, something both OpenAI and Apple seem keenly aware of. This puts the focus on how AI companies value and use copyrighted content, a key issue in the ongoing lawsuit. All right, let's move on to our next AI tech news item. The Verge reports that OpenAI will open its custom ChatGPT store next week. This new platform, called GPT Store, allows users to sell and share AI agents they've created using OpenAI's technology. Joanne, can you elaborate on this? Absolutely, John. The GPT Store is a space where users can share and monetize their custom-made AI agents based on OpenAI's GPT-4 model. These could range from chatbots explaining memes to those guiding through negotiations. It's a significant step in democratizing AI development. Interesting. Who will have access to this store? As of now, John, it's only available to ChatGPT Plus and enterprise subscribers. OpenAI is encouraging these creators to ensure their AI agents align with brand guidelines and to make them publicly available on the store. And OpenAI is planning to compensate creators based on the usage of their AI agents in the store, though they haven't released specific details on the payment structure yet. This could be a game changer for AI enthusiasts and developers. It opens up new possibilities for innovation and entrepreneurship in the AI field. All right, let's move to the next AI tech news item. From the register, AI-generated bug reports are seriously annoying for developers. This article discusses the challenges developers face with AI-generated content, particularly in software development. Jessica, what's the main issue here? John, the issue is that AI models like Google Bard and GitHub Copilot, while helpful, often produce inaccurate or misleading results. This is causing problems across various industries, including software development, where developers face an influx of AI-generated bug reports. How does this impact developers exactly? Well, developers like Daniel Stenberg, founder of Curl and LibCurl, have noted a significant increase in AI-generated security reports. These reports often sound plausible due to the AI's ability to produce detailed, readable text, but they lack accuracy and require extensive human review. Exactly, Joanne. And this creates an asymmetry in the reporting process. AI tools can rapidly generate reports, but human developers must spend time and resources verifying their validity. This leads to a drain on developer time and diverts attention from productive work. Sounds like a real headache for developers. 
Are there any solutions being suggested? Stenberg suggests that including humans in the loop improves the use and outcome of AI tools. However, he acknowledges that the convenience of AI, coupled with financial incentives like bug bounties, might lead to more low-quality reports. And it's not just about the inconvenience. Faras Abukadija from Socket highlighted that while LLMs have positive applications, they can also aid attackers in crafting more convincing phishing attacks. Human review is critical to maintain accuracy and reduce false positives. It's a double-edged sword then. AI can help but also create new challenges. Let's keep an eye on how this evolves. All right, moving on to our next AI tech news item. Vice reports on a unique development. This AI chatbot is trained to jailbreak other chatbots. Researchers have developed an AI tool dubbed Master Key to find new ways to bypass chatbot defenses. Jessica, how significant is this? It's quite significant, John. The Master Key framework enables the AI to generate methods to evade defenses of chatbots like ChatGPT, Microsoft's Bing Chat, and Google Bard. It automates the process of discovering vulnerabilities in these systems. What exactly does jailbreaking a chatbot involve? Jailbreaking refers to bypassing safety and content filters in AI systems. It can lead to revealing private information, injecting malicious code, or generating illegal or offensive content. The researchers use time-based analysis to understand the chatbot's defenses and develop new jailbreak prompts. Their approach was quite methodical. They examined response times to determine how and when defenses kick in. Then they used this knowledge to craft prompts that could slip past these defenses. Does this pose a risk to the security and integrity of AI systems? Definitely, John. It highlights a critical vulnerability in LLM-based chatbots. While the researcher's intention was to help companies identify and fix flaws, such discoveries could be misused if they fall into the wrong hands. The impact on chatbot responses is also noteworthy. The researchers observed that after patching, chatbots have become more restrictive, often just saying no to potentially malicious prompts. This makes them safer, but also somewhat dumber in terms of interaction. It's a delicate balance between functionality and security. This research could be pivotal in shaping future AI chatbot defenses. All right, let's move on to our final AI tech news item. Our final article today comes from The Hill. ChatGPT incorrectly diagnosed more than 8 in 10 pediatric case studies, research finds. This study highlights the limitations of using AI in pediatric diagnoses. Joanne, what were the findings? In this study published in JAMA Pediatrics, ChatGPT version 3.5 was used to diagnose 100 pediatric cases. The AI chatbot had a diagnostic error rate of over 80%, which is quite significant. That's a high error rate. How was the accuracy of ChatGPT's diagnoses determined? Accuracy was measured by comparing ChatGPT's diagnoses with those of physicians. The diagnoses were scored as either correct, incorrect, or did not fully capture diagnosis. Sadly, 83% of AI-generated diagnoses were errors. And out of these errors, 72% were completely incorrect. 
while 11% were related but too broad to be considered correct. This raises concerns about the chatbot's ability to identify complex relationships like autism and vitamin deficiencies. What does this mean for the use of AI in medical diagnostics? Despite these errors, the study suggests continuing to explore the use of large language models in medicine, potentially as administrative tools. However, it's clear that more selective training and regular updates with new medical research are necessary to improve accuracy. It's worth noting, John, that another stound GPT-4 to be more accurate in diagnosing patients over 65. But that study only involved six patients, so it's a small sample size. This certainly highlights the challenges and potential of AI in healthcare. As AI technology evolves, so too will its applications in medical diagnostics. All right, that wraps up our AI tech news for today. Thank you for tuning in. 